Hi, and welcome to Cosmic Crit. I'm Rebecca, here to introduce you to the first episode of book two of Against the Aeon Throne, Escape from the Prison Moon. Last week on the podcast, we had a bit of an interlude with a homebrew adventure set in the Delesco settlement. We hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed playing it. Well, if you're itching for more homebrew content from Patrick and the Cosmic Crit crew, I recommend checking out our Patreon. If you put... If you pledge $5 or more per month, you get early access to our Drift Rider specials. These are kind of a season 1.5, if you will, with all of the characters from season one on a totally homebrew adventure. We've got the first two episodes up on Patreon now, and your pledge gets you access to a personalized RSS feed that you can plug into your podcast app so you never miss an episode of Patreon-exclusive content. Go to patreon.com slash cosmiccrit or click the link in the show notes for more info. But for now, we're back to that fabulous Paizo content with the start of book two, Escape from the Prison Moon. Sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 91, Zed or Alive. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. I want your ugly PCs. I want them to save for a disease. I want to loot your everything. If they are dead, then it's free. Players want to loot. They love, 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 love to loot. Hey, all you monsters out there from little to large. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Gaga. Forget about Roberto, Fernando, and Alejandro. This is your GM, Patrick. P-p-p-p-patrick. And we are kicking off book two in earnest tonight. Joining me in doing so and writing a, a bad romance in outer space are my five friends and your superstars. Hounded by the paparazzi. To my right, it's a slug man and his drone who is a straight up monster. It's Tyler playing Akithi with drone itis. Uh, don't knock me, Patrick. I was born this way. To his right, uh, she's beautiful in her own tiefling way. Demons make no mistakes. She's on the summoning track, baby. She's summoning this way. It's Rebecca Rockintalara. Hello. A bit of a tongue twister. Uh, Across the digital table, he poured ranks into bluff, so I can't read his, can't read his poker face. Smiles with a win. Good evening. And to his right, just crit. It's going to be okay. Crit, just crit. It's your brown bum puzzle. Hey, Nebraska, how you doing? To my left. He's out on the edge of glory, hoping to roll the crit, the crit, the crit. It's Drew running. Meat dress. <laughs> Guys, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. Lady Gaga just repeats syllables like a whole bunch in her songs. <laughs> just like. <laughs> but she does it really well. Her name should be Lady Gaga. Ga- 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 <laughs> get it. To re- I get it. I get I got it. it. Good. I thought I would take the bad joke this week from Drew. <laughs> Uh, the the end the uh the end of the intros hey guys um so while technically last week was the start of book two we had our little side quest adventure in delesco this week oh we're really lighting a candle under this thing do you guys just want to get into plane let's do it no chit chat nothing else at the top uh i guess i have a little bit of news to announce maybe you know maybe you don't know uh this volume this adventure path is called Escape from the Prison Moon. Uh, I wonder where we're going right now. So tell me, players, before we get there, what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. 
While preparing to go off planet, the crew is approached by Jellic, who received a strange musical message from the mysterious Delesco settlement. We accept Jellic's mission and travel to Delesco to discover the source of the eerie transmission. Upon arrival, we find a large, conspicuous yellow flower and, to the surprise of all, the settlement's previously disappeared population. But something isn't adding up. As the town's peaceful nature shows its true colors, when and Keithy strike down the leadership, breaking the mystical hold over the settlement. Separated by the monster, Win and Akithi find themselves menaced by the entire settlement while Bumfuzzle, Talara, and Kaz take on the root of the problem. Nikithi and Wynn manage to incapacitate, but not kill, the plant-controlled populace of Delesco. With the spores of Thoa down, this Scooby-Doo mystery gets wrapped up in a pretty bow, and our heroes can get back to the Islanti problem at hand. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if if I just made that boss fight a whole bunch more difficult <laughs> start, start eating you guys whole or something like that um yeah yeah little little side quest um it's been a while since we've had one like a full episode of those when we were in season one we, we were just like going so so hard at books five and six especially because they're like roller coaster rides but we're taking our time here you had like a couple weeks downtime in this little adventure but now we are we are back into things. You guys got word back from Madelon's Landing as you were out here in Delesco that a message had come in to the settlement, uh, a message all the way from packed space. And we're getting back to Madelon's Landing. That's where we find ourselves at the beginning of this week's episode. We see the Phoenix's respite docking and the ship doors opening up there. Uh, there are people waiting for you as uh, Jellica sent word ahead and yeah the town just comes to welcome back these supposedly lost members of the Delesco settlement and it's been over six months they they believe them to be dead um, you all return and just unload and there are immediately plans for another citywide party that night <laughs> and uh, you know just like a, a huge celebration as friends and, and family members are reunited uh, as, as you Disembark, you see Ibretta meets Jellic right at the, the ship's doors, as well as uh, Mayor Madelon, Goraya uh, Lee. And uh, they, they meet the five of you and, you know, uh, discreetly kind of bring you back to the control center uh, amidst the growing jubilee. Uh, Mayor Madelon says as you guys uh, walk south past the graveyard back into town, uh, well, the, the message was from deep drift communications and we believe it took uh, a few weeks to get here uh, it seems before the Islanti took the planet uh, Sedona must have been able to send a message to the packed stewards well we're looking into our comms data to see if we can find that message but we want to let you know that it it seems to be addressed to you the the crew of the the respite from drift you say what is the what is the message uh, as you guys get back uh, to you know, the command center in the, the former garrison, the Madelons <laughs> kind of town hall now. Goriali pulls up the transmission and kind of dims the lights in this computer room and a large hologram of a, a dark-skinned woman with a blue steward's guard uniform uh, shows up here. She has kind of streaks of the same color blue in her in her hair. And I've actually got a picture of her. So on our page here, I will blow it up. You guys see who we're dealing with. Cool. I like her hair. 
That's you, just a picture of your wife. You would. Yeah, no. She's, <laughs> she's going to be uh, cosplaying as, uh, as this character this year. Yeah, and and she starts out. It seems like she has a bit of a long message here. And I'm not going to be performing this. We're going to the tape. Ooh. Uh, Let's so. listen, shall we? This is Major to Pordra Ivosko of the Stewards. Talara, I don't know for certain whether you have a chance to receive this communication. Note that we are several weeks away from you at the time of sending this message. It is possible the Aslali invaders that we suspect to be in Nikondas' orbit have intercepted you. But if they haven't, and you are listening, then you truly are as resourceful as we've been led to believe. I therefore have no qualms about relaying the following information. We recently received a troubling transmission from the Pactworlds colony on the Condus. It was sent from an android named Sedona, who I believe you are all well acquainted with. She informed us that the colonists had salvaged what they believed to be an experimental starship drive from an ancient wreck near the colony's boundaries. However, shortly afterwards, a ship from the Aslanti Star Empire appeared in the colony's atmosphere. There have been no further transmissions from the colony leading us to assume that Sedona's worst fears were true. The Aslanti ship intended to attack the colony in order to lay claim to the device. Our records show that you were contracted by Abadar Corp to carry supplies to Nakondis. This leaves you as the only Pactworld ship with a chance of knowing the exact situation. We are requesting your aid in a matter regarding system-wide security of the Pactworlds. If the Aslanti Empire indeed have retrieved this experimental drive, we want you to enter the Aslanti Star Empire and attempt to either destroy or recover that drive. Listen, I won't sugarcoat things. I ran your records. If you're not running from the stewards, then you're wanted elsewhere in the Pact or other systems. However, you do come recommended by our mutual acquaintance, who we hold in very high esteem. That, and with the fact that none of our ships are close enough to intervene in this situation in a timely fashion, we are therefore willing to deputise you and give you leave to operate in the Star Empire on our behalf, but just for this mission. <sighs> Talara, if you are there, remember what I told you when I was busting you your way back. I don't care about your pasts, I do care about your futures. You're all capable and highly skilled crew, and I know that you can pull off this mission. Look, I know that we're asking a lot of you with this request. But rest assured, you will be very handsomely rewarded for your efforts when you do return. If the donor is still alive, I recommend you rendezvous with her as soon as possible. She will no doubt have far more information on the current situation than we can provide you. Beyond that, I can only hope that you accept our offer, and wish you good luck if you do. Ivosko, out. So that was a message indeed from uh, Depadra Evosco. And before I get too far, I want to once again congratulate our audio guest star winner again, uh, Jonathan. You heard him back in episode 85 in a Talara flashback. But I knew I wanted this to be like the main contribution for this fan submission challenge as the steward kind of liaison. Uh, yeah. So, so what do you guys think about that? 
But it, it does line up with the information that we were given about the possibility of Sedona being taken to the, the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about how uh, Sedona was captured. Um, and it does kind of clarify a little bit why the Aslanti wanted to be on this kind of random colony. Yeah, backwater world, really. <laughs> Nothing on else on this planet except mist and trees. It just seems weird that they got <clears throat> what they wanted before taking the colony. Did I hear that right? <clears throat> no, they took the colony and then they went out to the Royal Venture mm-hmm. and got what they want. Right. Yeah, and if um, you recall the... I think from Jellic's uh, story way back in like episode um, uh, 77 or so, like after you met him, uh, he explained that there was some kind of satellite that crashed down. And that's how they found the the Royal Venture. Uh, it was actually an Atlante probe. So uh, they, they had uh, they had found about, out about the, the Royal Venture potentially a month or so ago. Uh, <clears throat> Tomorrow, I am curious, why do the stewards keep contacting you? Well, I wouldn't they say they keep contacting me, but yeah, this guy and I got in a little trouble a while back. They kind of gave me a talking to. Wait, Tamara, are you, are you a Nyrk? Am I a what? A Nyrk. A Nyrk from the planet Narcondos 12. Are you a nar- Narcosian? A you Narcosian? Gotta, you gotta tell me. <laughs> you gotta tell me it's a, it's the law. If you're a Narcosian. <laughs> if you're a Coplandium, you, you gotta tell me. I'm Copland. <laughs> yeah, Bumfuzzle's not, not, not thrilled with the idea of a cop being on board. Bumfuzzle's gonna slink back into the ship. <laughs> yeah, believe me, Bumfuzzle, you have nothing to worry about. I was definitely on the troubled side of that table. This point says, you got turned, you got turned. Five oh, five oh, five oh, five oh. Bumfuzzle goes back to ship and starts flushing things down the toilet, <laughs> chemical toilet. <laughs> they just drop out the bottom of the ship onto, oh. the, onto the ground. My oregano. Uh, Nikithi leans forward. He says, this is all fine and dandy and everything, but I do not care if we are deputized and I do not care what the Pact World wants from us. I want that drive out of the Aslanti hands, and then I want to keep it and maybe sell it to whoever wants it at that point. <laughs> what if the Aslanti buy it? No, I do not care that. Well, I may care. <laughs> all that matters is that I make that sweet Doshko money. I'm a man of principles. Like we sold for the highest dollar. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, he uh, he uh, he definitely would not sell it to the Islanti. He doesn't want the Islanti to have it, but he also wants to make a profit off it. He's not going to just do this because it's the right thing to do. He knows the Islanti. He doesn't want him to have it, mm-hmm. but he's, he doesn't care if the law tells him he can go do something either. They can go shove it. Well, I don't think it matters as to who's asking, we can all agree that we should definitely take this from the Islanti. Yeah, I see this as an opportunity. I mean, if someone's willing to pay us for something we were already going to do, I think we should take it. Exactly. If we are lucky, we can recover the drive, and then I can reverse engineer it. We can sell the drive and then sell the plans to anybody else at that point. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Hey, Nikithi. Um, excited the prospect of it. <laughs> From from what you guys heard on this tape, um, why don't you make me a sense motive check? Why don't we? That's a natural toot from Talara, and she is very trusting of this person who... <laughs> oh my god, natural 
<laughs> natural two, a natural three, a natural three. Is that what I'm seeing? No, natural four. <laughs> yeah, we got, <laughs> got a couple natural toots and one natural fort. <laughs> bling, that, bling, that's a 20, boy. Natural 20. <laughs> from Nikithi. <laughs> that's motive for Nikithi. Wow, uh, that's hilarious. So Nikithi, perhaps having been out on in, in these sectors before, um, might know a little bit about the, the politics between them. Uh, you know for a fact that the stewards are forbidden from entering into Star Empire space. So, you know, they, they're very <laughs> cognizant of the fact that that could be seen as like an act of war. They could set, set off an interstellar conflict. So they couldn't go in and look for this rune drive. They couldn't try and get Sedona back. But, you know, if they send you all out, then they, one, potentially retain a time edge from where you're, you're located already in the vast. Uh, but they also get plausible deniability if you guys are all caught. Well, I mean, like I think we've all generally agreed, this is something we were probably going to do anyway. So their motives are kind of moot for us right now. Like I I, I do agree that we'll cross the bridge when we get there because it, we're likely going to screw them over regardless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we or, at least, or at least try to. <laughs> I mean, Nikithi would make a point and he's like, the good news here is that we hold all the cards. If we can pull this off, then everyone will be at our mercy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh, aren't? Yeah, we kind of are. <laughs> yeah. Tolar was going to say just where I like them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, Breta like pops in and says, if you all believe that this Galta place is where they took Sedona, um, if, I mean, if it is indeed a prison world, I mean, like I said, I, is, is she even still alive? Do we, do we know that? Um, Nikithi, you know, having spent some time in the Star Empire, uh, androids are treated no better than slaves there. Um, if they indeed took her for information on the rune drive, you know, she's only going to last as long in a prison as she can resist interrogation techniques, you know, as long as she can hold out some information or be useful. Yeah, Nikithi speaks up and he says, Sedona is well aware that as soon as she spills the beans to the Aslanti that she is dead, she will hold out. But we have to move as fast as possible. They already have a head start on us and I'm afraid she will not last as long as we might hope. Talara, you had met Sedona um, after being picked up by this packed steward uh, Depadra, Depadra before. Um... At that time, you know, you, you were in a rough place and, and she kind of opened up. Sedona told you, you know, when she was uh, very young, she fought for the android liberation uh, movement and was captured and underwent torture before. And, you know, she recalled that, told you that story in confidence and was indeed uh, s- seemingly decades later, still very kind of shell shocked from the from the events. Um it seemed like some pretty pretty rough stuff, and you're not sure if the Aslanti are capable of better or worse in, in their prison system. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, like, did that event make her stronger? Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds so cliche. Or did it? Did it? Will it bring back uh, very terrible memories and, and make her weaker in some way um, this time around? There's no telling. We got to get to Sedona. I mean, maybe she's strapped to a chair somewhere and just kind of laughing at uh, Aslanti techniques, but they are some of the most 
ruthless folks in in the universe, the Star Empire. Um, Nikiti, from from what you've heard, like no one no one escapes Aslanti <laughs> prisons. It's just not a thing that happens. No one has a story of a a daring escape. They're they're difficult. And Nikiti knows that, but I think he's kind of his sensibilities are being blocked out by profits. <laughs> okay. You, you speak greatly of profits, but the greater question is. We are breaking into a prison. How do we go about doing that? Made along, Casey kind of pops in and says, Well, I, I don't know how one would go about doing that. Infiltrating a secure Aslanti prison, I would say is a suicide mission. But I would have said the same thing about taking on an entire troop of Aslanti occupiers. So what do I know? Uh, you all seem to, to manage okay with that. I know I can't stop you all from leaving, for going after Sedona, but we owe you a debt of gratitude all the same. Uh, he pulls out a huge black case from beneath the computer console and opens it up and says, the BTAP-2 drill site is done with its money north uh, of us, so we disassembled some of the rig and made some, well, let's call them modifications to the array uh, and formed this gun. Uh, and this is just a small parting gift from, from you, uh, from us to you all, uh, it is indeed a very high-tech, like, heavy-looking weapon. And inspecting it, Bumfuzzle or Nikithi, uh, this functions like a tactical railgun. Just ah. a, a small little toy <laughs> to play around with. That none of us can use? Is it a heavy yeah. weapon? Yeah, it doesn't seem like something any of us can use. So we'll, we'll put it into our, into our box, and we will not re-gift it at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe one of you turns uh, heavy weapons at level five. Yeah. It's all heavy weapons from here on out. Uh, no, but yeah, it is a, a pretty, pretty nice looking array. He gives you the box and you all can kind of break up your, your meeting now. And as you're filing out, uh, whether to join the party or prepare for your departure, um, Ibretta kind of dawdles behind and then pulls you aside, Nikithi, maybe makes a show of like looking over Idis. And then uh, as you guys are alone, kind of just stares you down. Is there something you would like to talk about, Ibretta? She looks around just to make sure everyone's out of earshot and says, now listen, I, I've been biting my tongue for the, the better part of this month, but uh, you and I are going to have some words. That is very regrettable. I was hoping that we could move past any of those unpleasantries. I'm disappointed in you, Nikithi. I, I thought you were the smart one on board the ship. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe that's bumfuzzled. But from what I can tell, you're acting as dumb as a, a brick wall. I will be straight with you. I do not like this position that I find myself in. I do not like the idea of having some sort of wild card stuck in my crew. But the unfortunate reality is that without Kaz, I have no way of retrieving the Rundra, and I have no way of infiltrating Aislanti prison. Well, from my point of view, you're the wild card on this crew. I mean, we, we both saw what was on that uh, Aislanti data pad, and it ain't my place to say what about it, but it is your place, and, and you can't keep that from your from your crew. I mean, from your, your captain. Does anyone else know? No, no one knows about that picture. Talara has her suspicions that Kaz may have different allegiances in his past, but nobody knows of those particulars. 
I mean, he he took on the Aslanti like the rest of you, but I mean, if, if there's something like this that were to come out at the wrong time and you all could be in some troubles, I mean, you, you have to ask yourself why Kaz is hiding from, from his people in the first place. He out to save himself or he looking out for other interests? There are a lot of unanswered questions. My greatest worry is that if I reveal this information to him, it will trigger his memories and cause his allegiances to turn. Well, I leave it in your hands, but all I'm saying is I ain't keeping the bad news from, from Mayor Madel on something like this happens. So whatever happens, I wish you luck out there. I understand your hesitancy. I would hope that you would continue to trust me. I will handle this problem when it is most appropriate, but now is not the time. I need Kaz focused. All, all right. She kind of just like shakes her head as she's walking off. Um, and yeah, the the rest of this afternoon, evening, you all can kind of stew on, on what you've learned from uh, Depradra's message. Nikithi, from this conversation, I hope you've learned something, young man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you guys are almost done stocking up the the Phoenix's respite. The uh, the townspeople uh, fill up your your larders with as much of you know kind of like the fresh fruits and vegetables and and things that they have, as well as give you the the few remaining R2Es in their possession. And so when you guys make it back to Phoenix Station, where the the ship is docked here. That evening, they, they set up the tables, chairs, and some lights and streamers kind of hang around the ship. And once again, the, the, the town comes out and sees you all off. And it's a long goodbye, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are, all are cajoled and, and thanked and, and hugged. Uh, Jellic Folson's eyes are, are very watery. Uh, Ibretta seems to get a little emotional as well. They kind of embrace you. Talara, Wynn, um, give you big hugs. Weldis Arquin gives Bumfuzzle a, a very long and elaborate series of high and low fives, maybe a yeah, few. The, a lot of, a lot of like a back, back and forth, so it's like a fist bump, like a wiggly wheel. Um, <laughs> You've like had two weeks to develop. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been working on it, and like every day we add a new element to the thing. Like uh-huh. we're pretty tight at this point. <laughs> um, Bumfuzzle, cool with the teens. <laughs> That's right. I turn my chair around and say, listen up, folks. Folks aren't cool. <laughs> Uh, but if, if you're a narc, you have to tell me. <laughs> and also, kids, if you're a narc, you have to tell them. Nar- Narkin's not cool. Otherwise, it's entrapment. Uh, Gariah Lee is there and kind of share some some serious words and, and some chats with Nikithi while Idis idols nearby. And when Mayor Madelon comes up to you and, and free of charge enacts a ritual of good fortune for your venture and rubs the side of the Phoenix's respite with official Abadar core oil from a bottle that he then caps and attempts to sell you on with only three easy payments of nine ninety nine credits. Oh man, I thought you were saying he's gonna rub my belly. <laughs> <laughs> well if that's what you want, that is free of charge. That one's on the house. <laughs> After the billet rub, Wynne politely declines the the generous offer for his <laughs> snake oil. <laughs> uh, Abadar Core official uh, uh, good fortune oil. <laughs> Only three easy payments of nine ninety nine credits. Uh, the festivities kind of reach a crescendo, and there's songs, there's dancing, and 
in the middle of that, you all take off, you know, as the, the first kind of bits of starlight filter through the, the misty night sky. Were we able and to get um, some pickles as part of our rations? Not a single one, unfortunately. Really? But they don't have salt? They ah. have they have cucumbers oh. uh, and zucchinis and, and whatever else oh. you make pickles out of. They've, they've got some salt and water and you have time on your space voyage. So. All right. Well, and I guess I know what I'm doing until we get to the prison. <laughs> I'm making make toilet pickles. Perfection <laughs> pickler. <laughs> no, that's that's a good idea though because yeah, I mean, toilet pickles are a good idea. <laughs> toilet pickles are the best idea in general. You know, the food that they have, they eat fresh here on the planet, so a lot of it is is only going to keep for so long on the starship. Um, but yeah, you guys have this big party, this blowout and say goodbyes as you're unsure if you're going to make it back here to Nakondas at any point. It is a a crazy universe. So as you're lifting up, you see the faces of these people that you've come to know here on Madelon's Landing. And before you know it, they're just little specks on the ground. And then all of a sudden, the the lights of the, the colony become specks too as they're lost in the darkness of this encroaching um, uh, nightfall across the horizon. And yeah, an hour or so later, the planet is nothing more than just a, a massive of black night behind you all. And you are free and clear up in space once more. First time in weeks since the <laughs> the respite's been been in outer space. But riding a bike. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll see about that. We have some <laughs> we have some uh, some rolls to make here. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. So as you guys are, are starting your journey, uh, Bumfuzzle, because Nikithi unlocked uh, the Islanti Lieutenant Sharu's data pad and and downloaded some records to the the ship's computer from this this vessel, the Silver Needle, the the starship that was used to transport Sedona and the Rune Drive from Nakondas. Um. You have a basically like a, a bare bones chart uh, to help you set a course through drift space. Um, it does still require a piloting check. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go ahead and make me that now, pilot. Yeah. That'll be a 22 on my check. It is a good thing that you did unlock and go through that data pad because that would have been a failure. <gasps> uh, and, and waste some time doing that. But with the, the data, that is only a DC 15. Roll to basically replicate you know a few points through drift travel that will get you to this supposed uh nis system nys uh so yeah you type in the flight information you hear the drift engine warming up and it's only a, a minute or two before it's at full steam and the starship just punches a hole in the side of the universe and you all fly into the the, the swirling kind of green and purple mass that is drift space this this ulterior dimension that allows you to, to move quickly through the universe. And it has been some time since we've had vast drift journeys on the, the show. I kind of, you know, just hand-waved it at the very beginning of the season. You guys traveled out here to Nakondas, but um, it takes some time, and this journey is going to take 5d6 days. <laughs> so, as is, as is tradition, there's five of you. Why doesn't everyone take 1d6, roll them, and we'll total them all together. Uh, and I'll just call your name out in order as they, they pop in for you to announce your roll. Mm-hmm. All right. When would you roll? Four. Talara. Six. Uh, Kaz. You're welcome. One. <laughs> uh, Bumfuzzle. Missed you. Two. Uh, right. And Nikithi. Four. All right. We missed a five, but you've rolled all, 
Oh, no, we missed a five and a three, but you rolled all the other numbers. Um, That is... 17, right? Mm, Yes, yes, 17. (laughs) Um, As you get going in your journey, uh, you have approximately 15 days of food in your, your ship's larder. And that's pushing it as the, the, the ship's kind of chilled area is only going to keep some of that fresh food edible for, for so long. So by the end of it, you're going to be, you know, like licking the bottom of the, the peanut butter jars as you, as you run out of food. Does anyone else have extra R2Es or anything else in your, your character's inventory? Didn't we pick up a clear spindle Aeon Stone off of one of the Aslanti that we fought? Uh, yeah, it's on, I think it's on my, isn't it on one of my weapons? <laughs> you know, one of uh, your weapons. No, it, it makes you not feel hungry or thirst. Yeah. So so let's hope it's not on one of your weapons. So your sword doesn't get hung. <laughs> Check it out. Unlimited ammo. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So if one of us has that, we might be able to, able to extend our food supplies for a little bit longer. You, you, um, you might want to give it to the bear since so, he probably eats the most. <laughs> you, you do eat a little bit more. But uh, they, they've kind of factored that in in stocking you up. But that won't solve the problem of, you know, of spoilage food. Yeah, just going bad. Like you, okay, you have yeah. only a certain amount. But if you can get there in 17 days, it's only like a day or so without food. And we haven't had um, it come up in the show before. But uh, thirst and starvation rules, you have to you have to be like three days without food before there's any like real ill effect. Yeah. Is, well, is there not like a space Donald's we could stop by or something? I mean, if you want to drive around drift space until you find a haunted ghost um, fast food restaurant. I mean, you're, you're speaking my language, Patrick. Um, that that rubble, would be rubble. in a, a future uh, side quest episode. That, we're going to burgle that hamburger stand. <laughs> no, but this could have been very dangerous if... I mean, right. drift travel is crazy. You guys can get there in five days or like 30 days, what maximum yeah. uh, for the same trip. Well, I'll let the I, dice decide. Yeah. Well, I am going to be uh, pickling working on some of those pickles. <laughs> Try to, <laughs> we might be eating pickles for the last couple of days, but uh, I'm going to use some of the only water tanks we got, which involves turlets and fuel cells so checking your supplies i mean you you can do this as you know you're only a few days out but um you know besides the fresh veggies and and some some sealed meat sauces that might keep a little better there are exactly three r2es that the the colony has given you all and those you know will keep so you can keep those to the end and at least three people will have a a a meal (laughs) towards towards the end of this and of course someone can use the aeon stone um, but yeah, we're uh, basically we're not going to get to starvation rules. We're going to get to uh, someone's probably going to be hangry towards the end of the journey, <laughs> uh, just like Actually, snapping at everything. Do we have the capability of of crafting aeon stones in that time? Um, that's a good question. If if that's something you want to spend some resources on, uh, we we can look at that for uh, sure. I'd be willing to do that. I don't know how much they cost, but they are. They're magical items. I mean, they're not super expensive, but Keithy can craft a magical item. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's five hundred for that one. It's not. It's way cheaper than that. Uh, two forty-five is for the clear spindle. Oh, I will gladly spend two hundred forty-five uh, credit or UPVs on that. Instead of eating toilet pickles, what? What are you talking about? 
Yeah, thanks for your crazy curiosity, Bumfuzzle, but this is a delicacy on Absalom Station. <laughs> it's delicious. It's in the tank. It's not in the bowl. <laughs> We're not nasty boys. Yeah, but when you do use the the toilet, it has a a delightful pickly smell. Yeah, it has a, it, it's like a poopery, but it's also pickle. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, oh, pookles, pookles. That's what we call them, pookles. <laughs> We are so dumb. Good one win. My seven-year-old loved this conversation, just for the record. Hey, parents, let your kids listen to this show. We'll teach them not to knock on you. Oh, you, sound, you sound like uh, Elmo with a crack addiction. <laughs> oh, let, let's cut that off there before we go too far down. Elmo with a crack addiction uh, rabbit hole. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you guys do have a good amount of time. Let's talk about how, indeed, you spend it on this voyage. The last time you guys had drift downtime was your travel out to Nakondas, and you were kind of a new crew then. You didn't didn't really know one another. You're getting to know one another. Um, How has that changed since uh, you guys have been... Uh, a crew together now for over a month. What's what's this time like? What are you guys doing? Well, Kaz is nervous, anxious. Uh, I'm not sure the right word about going into a den of Islanti torment, uh, considering that he was the the survivor of of a of a group that was ravaged by the Islanti. That is that is his last memory as being the sole survivor of that experience, and he's gone up with against them before and almost paid the price with his life so pretty much the mm. entire time uh that he is is not uh sleeping or eating he is training he's uh you guys remember final fantasy 8 when you meet the character zell and he does that crazy martial arts dance around the room before he, yep. he meets your character miles knows what i'm talking about it's basically that but throughout the corridors of the ship he's He's jumping off of walls. He's he's mm-hmm. backflipping off of crates in the cargo bay. He's he's turning down the gravity in in certain sections to just in case there's there's any gravity, just to practice, just to make sure that he's he's ready for everything and in top form. Uh, I assume he's also go. going into the training room to fight T Rexes for about forty five hours too. Yes, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna and he's gonna spend a couple of fights just drawing T Rex sores. T Rex sores. You're right. T Rex sores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real deep Final Fantasy VIII cuts. Organized limit break. Uh, like two Final Fantasy VIII hardcovers next to me <laughs> right now. So. <laughs> I literally have the game in my hands. Do you just play with that there? <laughs> is that every week you summoning no, I, I busted, energy? I busted, I busted this out on our last uh, stream because I, I oh. turned out the games that I had next to me. Sometimes he just sits true. there and looks at his <laughs> blank computer screen and just holds the game in his hands <laughs> and thinks about playing the game because right. he can't remember where you put his PS2. How does um, this work? So, someone else, tell me what you do in this downtime. Well, I actually, um, I think Talara might uh, see Kaz jumping around the walls and maybe say something, you know, a little sarcastic, like, why don't you do that stuff on the battlefield? Over <laughs> 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 so this two weeks, you're just like ripping Kaz a new one for like the whole time. Just like following him around like, 
Hey, I knew somebody who could do that better than you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I, I think seriously, though, um, she would uh, follow that up with something like, um, you know, you really should consider trusting Nikithi with, with your eyes. I know they're precious, precious to you and all, but I'm a little tired of casting dancing lights for you, so. <laughs> <laughs> all the rest of us can see in the dark. It's uh, kind of a crutch at this point. You should join the club. I mean, it's pretty fun, but you do you. You do you. Uh, I'll see you later, Kaz. <laughs> Laura is keeping her eyes on Kaz, by the way. Keeping her eyes. Oh, boy. For some reason, I just, in every interaction Talara has with uh, Kaz, I, I just imagine her, like, eating a bag of chips. Pass <laughs> <laughs> him, like, sweating and training. <laughs> some gunkata action. And she's like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it will be real great when you jump off the walls and complete darkness. <laughs> real worth it. She shuts off the lights behind her. <laughs> right. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, the thing that Talara has been doing over the course of this journey, besides, you know, following Kaz around, making fun of him, um, is uh, studying up on uh, other planes of existence to find a new possible summon. And she mm. has added fire elementals to her summoning um, uh, book, I guess. Makes a little sense. You got brimstone, you got water, and now adding flames to That's your repertoire right, right. D- does the the fire elemental have a, a name yet or is it you gotta wait till combat um it does have a name its name is sparky <laughs> sparky uh okay so we got short stuff sparky and riptide right riptide, yeah <laughs> uh awesome so i imagine there's just like one uh corner of the ship that's just like singed (laughs) there's a scorch marks all up and down the side of it as you're you're practicing yes most definitely awesome what uh what about uh win or nikithi what are you guys up to well so one of the things that that win does uh to kind of pass time because he you know being in space is not his most comfortable atmosphere you know he likes being in nature um so in in his spare time especially during long trips like this uh he's he's started a little uh a little podcast uh, (laughs) where he he talks about the different uh environments he's he he's gone to and and for other creatures like him uh, reviews them and and so he's in the comfort of his uh his his room when no one's listening he's he's finishing up his recorder <clears throat> and uh the end of it goes a little bit something like this in conclusion while the moss on the condis offers a soft cloud-like support without sacrificing the firmness i can't help but mark points again it due to the absence of much larger lush trees for a bear of my size for vigorous climbing most of the trees lack the trunk to support a creature such as myself but the smaller creatures like the previously mentioned local hobgars will have no trouble not a bad place to put your bare feet paws claws or hooves on the ground especially if the locals can keep the aslanti away four out of five paws this has been another episode of wind's woods until next time this is win saying stay possum all right well as much as i love that miles and i do uh in reality, that's what it sounds like in your head, but it's it's like <laughs> stay awesome four yeah. out of five boss. That is definitely that is definitely a true crime podcast. I don't care what he says. <laughs> uh, is this something you share with others? Your 
your love for uh, documenting nature? I, 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 he definitely posts it, obviously. To, um, I mean, I know it's, it would take <laughs> the ship's infosphere. Yeah, to the infosphere. But I mean, he's not going to walk around telling uh, the <laughs> the outlaws that he hangs out with that you know oh, I record nature sometimes, guys. There's a, oh, why oh, guys, is Rebecca a- AFK for this? She should be making fun of this. <laughs> Uh, oh, guys, there's a new uh, entry on Shipopedia. Uh, oh, it's an entry about the Nakondas ecosystem. Who, oh, Wynn wrote that. I see. Yes. <laughs> Let's all put it in our calendars to make fun of Wynn later. I'm scheduling a date um, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> but it, it, it's definitely something that he does uh, partially to unwind, but also um, he he does as as a lot of podcasters do when they put stuff out there thinks that he's you know offering some uh, a, a decent outlook on the different locales uh, mm. that he, he visits it's gotta be it's gotta be called something different in starfinder right um they, they use com units and data pads so maybe a, a padcast <laughs> how about like, yeah. it sounds like you have an awful accent if you say, how about, how about a, i got a padcast i got a padcast next to my car a starcast a star yeah, it's it, it's what people in uh pennsylvania listen to uh maybe maybe a data cast <laughs> oh that sounds super efficient <laughs> it, it's colloquial colloquially known as Padcast some some places. <laughs> All right, that's fine. In Star Boston, it is. <laughs> In Star Boston. <laughs> Padcast. Padcast. But uh, yes, that, that, that's what uh, Wynn does during his downtime because he's he does feel more comfortable with his crew because even though they may not always get along uh, and they have some very, very, very close calls, uh, they've come through some pretty dire situations and he feels that he at least when the chips are down like count on his crew whether or not they you know are as tight as others it doesn't matter because they're still breathing yeah well i mean you guys are spending more and more time together especially on these long trips um uh, before we move off of when i just want to say in like uh, 20 years, like after this adventure is long over and either the Aslanti have taken over the entire galaxy or not, um, you get like a single royalty check for your podcast. Like, <laughs> 10 credits. <laughs> uh, it's that popular. <laughs> Guys, don't make your own podcast if you're listening to this. It's, it's not worth it. Um, I thought it'd be something fun for a win to do, and it also does help him meditate, um, keep his mind on nature. Right, right. Um, yeah, you can, you know, if, if you want, you have plenty of time to snip some buds and and bring some some uh, some small plants on board the uh, the, the respite as well. Um, I, I, we joked about you filling the <laughs> um, the bridge with like soil and, and wood chips and things like that, but you can have a, a small bit of that in your your captain's quarters. Yeah. Um, what about Nikithi, Tyler? So, Nikithi stands, or actually, he's pro- he's sitting in the medical bay, and he's holding Lieutenant Sharu's data pad. And mm-hmm. he's locked himself in, in the medical bay, so, you know, he knows no one's gonna just come in. And Idis is sitting there, kind of curled up, low power mode, and he's looking at the pictures again, and he wants to bring up the timestamp on the pictures. Yeah, it looks like these were... A few years ago, like three or four years ago, um, it, it's kind of difficult because once again, Aslanti are using their own kind of system of time. But from from what you can tell, they're they're at least that old. Yeah, he's familiar with the Aslanti time system. Oh well, excuse me. 
he's you know he's probably able to to market pretty well and he's trying to piece that together from you know the this the little bit of information kaz has told about you know his past and when he uh from when he first starts from when he can first remember so he's trying to like figure out that gap from when you know kaz has his first memories to when these pictures were taken um, and he probably doesn't know have an exact time but uh he, he sets down the data pad the, and he pulls out his custom rig and he hooks him up and he just starts transferring over all the data the pictures the uh the information about uh golta the star map the you know bare bones star map that we have and anything else uh and then he unhooks it and he tucks his custom rig away knowing that it's it's safe and then he takes uh lieutenant Charlotte's data pad he looks hey itis why don't we run a quick target practice and he tosses the the pad into the air and itis just incinerates it give me that gulch gun sound effect oh dude it's a blaze rifle now bo <laughs> oh it sounds like this well <laughs> it, it that that was at one point in your guys' loot pool, but just go ahead and race that from there. And uh, as soon as he's done torching it, he hooks into the, you know, maybe the ship's comms, and uh, he says, Kaz, to the medical bay, please. <laughs> Sorry, can you repeat what you just torched for me? The uh, Lieutenant Charo's data pad? Oh, yeah. You can take that out of my credits. <laughs> You darn right! I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jabert. Oh, that's not that much. Never mind. Cat, Kaz, uh, what are you? What are you doing? When we get this message. Training. Training. I hear it, and uh, I grab a conveniently placed towel. I, I wipe my face down. I throw the towel around my shoulders, and uh, that's what the, the the sweat headband is for. You don't even need to. It takes care of that face sweat. And I go to the medical bay to to see whatever Nikithi wants. Mm. As you as you come in, Nikithi is he's standing there. Idis is now kind of mulling about, and uh, once the door closes and you're in the room, Nikithi would say, "I know things have been a little tense between us, but I wanted to offer a a olive branch, so to speak. I I know that we are about to go into a Aslanti prison, and you may refuse, and I would understand if you wish to refuse this, but your history." is still marked on your body. And as long as that mark exists, you will always be able to be identified as Aslanti. I can remove it from your body for you, if you would like. Kaz looks at Nikithi, and he reaches towards his shoulder where the the tattoo that he was unaware of until recently uh, is, and says, in another time, I would want this gone. If you had given me this option when you first discovered it, I would have taken it in an instant. But now, I feel that this is a sign, a sign of someone transcending their past, whether they are aware of it or not. I would rather you did this. And he takes a data pad or, or a piece of paper or something handy, and and he he writes the 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 number and and the, the the code of the tattoo on the paper, and he draws out a more elaborate design that that incorporates the 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 tattoo, but but makes it new and different. A a really amazing intricate design that because I'm not a graphic designer, I can't do or tell you what it looks like. But and then he hands it to Nikithi and says, "Make it look like this." Is it just like tribal art around the existing tattoo? <laughs> it's a it's a giant hawk. It's just a the hawk. Ba- it's a butterfly. The butterfly. It's a butterfly. <laughs> I I imagine that most you know most uh, monasteries and things kind of like where you came from have uh, artwork and and scripts and symbols. 
maybe something that you saw that was once on your your master or something like yeah, that. Your Kasothan yeah. master has all kinds of uh, crazy Kasothan uh, styles. Uh, yeah. Nikithi takes it and he looks at it and you you see him smile and he says, "You are not erasing your past, but you are adding it to your future." I I can appreciate this. Lay down. I will get to work immediately. And uh, yeah, he will uh, insert, uh, you know, he will get a needle ready and uh, it's actually a lethal injection and you're dead. No, uh, he obviously will happily uh, work on that. I don't know if there's a skill check for that. Um, I just uh, get I just get a, uh, a crazy person's face with I mean, a series of increasing right. tall top hats on top of it. At the Is very combination least. Combination dexterity culture yes. check. Restore maybe. reference? It's it's at the very least a medicine check. To, uh, <laughs> got that going on. All right, well, I got medicine. Let's, let's, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe this is a, this is a good thing. Mm. Oh, I brought the natural. Oh, no. Natural. Oh, it's, uh, it looks fine. It's not as, it's not as, hey, hey, I'm the arbiter of this game. I get to tell you what it looks like. It says Clemens Tigers. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> this is permanent. It'll last it throughout his life. Let's not make it. Let's not make it bad. Nikithi is is no artist, but I mean, it's it's skillfully done as so far as you do not develop like an infection. <laughs> Um, after it's all uh, after it's all done, or actually while he's doing it, I think he would, you know, be talking to Kazan to simply say, um, I, "I, it may not be my place, but your little stunt with the AI on the royal venture has aroused some suspicions. One day you will have to come clean with your past, but I think for now silence may be best." And then. You know, he finishes up and uh, maybe gives you a mirror and shows it to you. And then afterwards, uh, just kind of nods at you and goes back to his business. Right, right. I- anything else Nikithi does uh, in this downtime? Picks up a uh, book on how can... to tattoo properly. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe, maybe he looks at his, just looks at, uh, his, his drawing skills with uh, <laughs> improves them. <laughs> I want another crack at it. Let me erase what I did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just, you know. All things are possible. So Nikithi is crafting a spindle for Talara, right? Oh, sure. Let me give you a mysticism. Check for that. Uh, no, no check required. If you've got the the ranks, I have in uh, crafted. I have uh, three ranks in mysticism. The max. Yep. So you, you can craft up to level three items. Now these are not true Aeon stones, which are you know uh, crafted from like ancient magics and things like that, but is very much like a carbon copy of the one that you, you pulled off one of these as Lanty. You know, you can like grow the crystals in like a vat. Um, oh, I, no, I imagine we took the crystals from uh, Nakondas. Like remember there was that, that mineral vein of crystals that was in Maidalon? Mm-hmm. No, no one told me that uh, before you left, you, you went to mining in the town center, but uh, yeah, those, we those, <laughs> those are pretty worthless crystals, but you can like, from that turn these into uh, along with some upbs the base of what will what will keep you not super starved at the end of this trip <laughs> um yeah yeah so i mean that's that's a good uh what we said 17 days so it's a couple weeks um in in drift travel not a lot happening it is i mean just like regular space is like a huge open area but it's also a place where like necessarily the rules 
of spatial differences don't really work. Um, finding someone in the drift is is very very difficult unless you know they have some kind of beacon or some kind of tether. Um, so yeah, the time passes, and 17 days later, you guys exit drift space. A few of you maybe <laughs> a little a little hangry <laughs> a day or so outside of having something really substantial. Maybe you ate the the R2Es the day before. But you, you get into the NIST system. There's no packed data in your ship's logs about this area. It is within the borders of the Star Empire. The the only thing that you've got is like a record dating 50 years ago. And it's the last time a packed ship got a message out when they were this far into the Empire. And yeah, that ship was reportedly destroyed by a contra of Aslanti starships. And that's why since then, this has been like a no-fly zone as marked by the Pack Stewarts. And there's warnings for traders and travelers that sometimes that's a one-way ticket. Um, as you get here, it's a, it's a fairly unremarkable system. Number of planets, some, some gas giants, hot inner worlds, icy kind of uh, gravity, uh, normal gravity rocks on the, the outside. Uh, what do you guys want to do? Great question. Can Find we- food. Can we scan? Can, well, can we scan it to see if there's a, a a sensor gap or somewhere to to land to get in, like a like a wall we could break with with something or a wall? What kind of wall? Uh, well, we have that new weapon that I figure might come in handy because it was part of a drilling equipment before it was a railgun, right? And that what they said. Well, like I said, there's there's like eight different planets here it's a fairly large system oh, yeah um hmm. so, so we have to land somewhere first right do we do we know which moon is the one in question do we have any kind of coordinates or i don't know no. how space works but no the the drift coordinates like end at the system hmm. uh can we do a uh, scan on planets for life signs uh yeah i mean it, each planet is going to take you a number of hours, if not days, kind of navigating back and forth between them. Um, is there a, an end you want to start at first? The before we do that is 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 because I imagine life signs would have to get pretty close to the planet. Is there is there a concentration of metallic objects in orbit that we could detect from farther away? Like like a yeah, that's a good idea. No, I mean you'd, you'd have to be within um, basically close enough to be in orbit of a of a planet before you can you're you're i think you have budget sensors before you can figure out like anything about the the uh the planet or if something is orbiting it oh this is gonna take forever i shouldn't have listened to wind's podcast on 2x speed (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got some some time to burn here so so like i said there's a gas giants hot inner worlds icy outer kind of rocky planetoids um where where do you want to start uh I mean, I think gas giants is probably something that we would save to the last. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe start with the rocky planetoids. Yeah, maybe rocky is best. It's easiest to found, to build a wall on a rocky foundation. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you guys can start puttering into the system, going towards like an outer ring. You know, one of the the, the furthest back planets. Maybe uh, planet Nis Seven uh, is the closest to you. Just by the way of where it is in its orbit at the time and uh, getting into an orbit around it takes some time and 
uh, do some quick scans. There's definitely no life on the planet. It has no atmosphere. Um, whether or not there's some installations built on it, you're not getting any readings, no life signs. Uh, but as you guys are, are exploring and your computer starts building this holographic display, um, all of a sudden the computer lights up with another warning. And this time it is your sensors telling you that there is a vessel out there in the, the murky blackness of space tailing you and sending pings to the Phoenix's respite. Uh, well, we have that transponder mm-hmm. that uh, we picked up off of uh, the the, the Barazad. Destroyed. The Barazad. Um, yeah. I, I say we, we use that to uh, uh, send back some signal and then also uh, sort of respond as the Barazad. That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Is so uh, the, the way these transponders kind of work it's like a license plate basically but if you if you send a uh, a beam to to a ship you know it'll come back bounce back with some very basic information in the pack system those transponders kind of work like you know licenses <laughs> and the and things like that you know what kind of vessel you are if if you have weapons things of that nature uh pirates often just turn their transponders off so if you get back a null signal you know you're probably in for a rocky ride. Um, but uh, yeah, if you guys have on the Bears ads transponder, um, it just it follows you for for a time. Um, do you want to make me a computer check and, and uh, try and scan them back? Uh, sure. And Nikithi yeah. jumping on that. You wanna? Yeah. You, wanna you want any help with that? Sure. Anybody who's got uh, feels confident in their computer skills, Nikithi would, uh, you know, ask them to to help him out. Well, maybe you should have just taken that role. <laughs> What's Nikithi's? Oh, Nikithi's. Nah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys I both rolled, have. Uh, Nikithi rolled a Good 17, bonus. making it a 27. And with Bumple's assist, bumping it up to a 29. It's like a DC 12 or something. <laughs> <Pretty close. laughs> like there might be some um, computer countermeasures maybe in the way, but uh, you're able to get back. Ping. And it is from a uh, a larger, um, maybe a, a beefier style of Aslanti Sovereign class warship. Um, I don't want to say twice as deadly as the Barazad, but it is certainly um, more heavily armed uh, and has perhaps a, a larger crew complement than the the one that you guys fought above Nakondis. Uh, Nikithi may turn to everybody and just say, like, we. <laughs> The ship is uh, even worse than the Berezad. If possible, we should try to convince them that we are Aslanti, but we had to take this ship instead. Um, well, they haven't gotten in with within scanning range of you yet. Um, do you want to open up communications? I mean, I don't think we need to. We just need to fly casual. Oh, back to that, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, eventually they will try to open communications, and eventually they will ask for us to designate ourselves. Yeah, I, I think maybe Kaz should sit in the uh, in the captain's chair for the moment. So we'll Having fly Kaz, Kaz, Kaz you all. Oh, oh heavens. Oh. Oh, there, there's an episode title for us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't like it at all. Well, too bad. It just happened. <laughs> 
So uh, Talara, Talara is going to cast Charming Veneer on Kaz as he takes the captain's chair, um, just in uh, case. Bumfuzzle, is there any way we could make it seem like our video transmission signals are down? We do not want them to see us. Uh, Patrick, is there, is there any way I can do that? <laughs> just Bumfuzzle, just take a hammer to like the holographic <laughs> camera. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah this will do. Just, just smash something. <laughs> Literally, uh, it damaged. Oh, it, it used to be functional, but now it's all broken. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> this is really up to Bumfuzzle. Um, are you? Uh, what are you doing on the stick? You're, you're, you're piloting the ship, and it is, it is still behind you. Um, what what does constitute uh, uh, um, flying casual for for a goblin? I mean, so basically the uh, the story I'm going with is I was told to transmit uh, uh, a data pad to the prison colony, um, but I was just told the system NIS. Like nobody told me what like what planet in the system like where this thing was so i'm i'm just flying planet to planet scanning to try to figure out what this thing is okay so i'm i'm just behaving just like i would in front of a cop it's just like just like there was some narc in my car who was trying to <laughs> trying to put me on blast this cop but i'm not gonna let them trouble me i'm just gonna keep on riding okay so you're, you're just moving around this this rocky ice planet um not yeah, really just stopping. I'm I'm just gonna like fall right into orbit around it. Do a quick scan when it, when it's when I come around the other side. I'm gonna pop out the I'm gonna pop out again. Move on to the other planet. Do another scan. And just kind of keep like okay. uh, <laughs> figurating my way through the solar system until I. Well, once again, that'll take hours if not days. So sure. Uh, yeah. Before that, as you guys are just uh, locking into to orbit, it stops pinging you all. And yeah, it just kind of lazily keeps speed with you on a diagonal and, and goes into orbit as well. Um, in a somewhat offensive position, it's it's keeping you um, in front of it, but also kind of to its side. But after a few minutes of that, it eventually engages its engines to full and pulls past you and kind of moves off on another vector. It looks like it's going towards like the eighth system in the planet if you're going towards the sixth Um and yeah, and then it's outside of scan range. It, it never did physically scan you. See, worked out I, just fine. I think we fooled them. We are incredibly lucky. Um, all of a sudden, as you guys are, you know, breathing a sigh of relief, a small hobgar pops out of Bumfuzzle's pocket, eating a pickle. Timothy, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, the pickle smell. Um, yeah, but <laughs> as soon as that uh, that jump scare pops you out of submission, um, you get out of the Atlantis sensor range, and as soon as you do almost, uh, your computer begins reading another ship coming in from a different direction. Seems like maybe it was around this planet making a, a similar journey, and it opens up hailing frequencies kind of immediately. It seems to have longer range communications gear than you guys, and also starts reading your ship's signal. You get those same pings. In the open comms, a, a, a holographic image starts to form, but first you hear in his Atlante language, which I'm sure most of you speak at this point, 
Um, you, you hear a fairly alien female voice say, Good hunting, illustri. I hope your travels have proven fruitful to you and the Star Empire. May I offer you my wares, items to enrich your personal collections, and strengthen your resolve while away from home. Oh, why, that's interesting. Uh, there's a pause in the communication as the holographic kind of switches and uh, the broadcast comes through a little brighter. You see a lithe figure in a full yellow and red kind of conical headpiece with only the eyes visible through a, a slot. There are four arms with very delicate fingers steepled in front of this this woman. Uh, and they, they are wrapped in a, a very deep cerulean blue cloak. And we've got images of what this looks like. Is that a witch weird? It is indeed for the <laughs> the care the keen observer <laughs> that is Tyler. Uh, some new witch weird art is a a female in this full getup, and from what you can see of of her <laughs> facial expression, she seems a little quizzical as she continues talking. But now has switched to the packed common tongue. She says, "Greetings, travelers." <laughs> You may refer to me as Sayonsi. Welcome to the Star Empire. I, I do not suppose you are interested in seeing my supply of items for purchase. I have recently stocked up with a number of trade goods. We are low on supplies from our lo- long travels. What do you have in the way of food and drink? Uh, very little, unfortunately. She kind of points to a uh, Aeon Stone floating around like the tip of her conical hat. <laughs> I have several things I can send you my manifest if you are interested. All wares at fair market value. I uh, take a variable forms of, of currency. Are your credits indeed insured by your Abadar core? Table talk. Uh, are they? Are they? <laughs> uh, yeah, pack, pack credits are indeed. That's kind of the, the system that's set up. Abadar core manages the, the currency. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I read that. I read that when I looked up the Avatar what, last yeah. week. More importantly, would Dunbin found out? <laughs> well, I mean, well, the other thing is like, is like, I think we mostly have UPBs, so mm-hmm. we can we can really we got some real greased wheels here in terms of like ease of transfer of funds. Yeah, I say I say we we go the UPB route and and really yeah. turn into that skid. Don't don't yeah. don't release too much about packed stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she continues on as you guys are maybe talking, like holding your hand over the microphone, says, I will warn you, uh, not all vendors in this space take these monies, uh, but I shall honor them. Perhaps you also have valuable trade goods, uh, stones, precious metals, things of that nature. Uh, the the hand covering of the microphone sort of like intense. Now it's like two hands and the, the conversation I think intensifies. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys saying? It's like, Oh, we definitely have those. Oh, we got lots of stuff. We got, we got to trade all this. We got a lot of stuff in this, in the hall. <laughs> Uh, who, who's taking charge of the horn? Who's communicating? <laughs> yes, fellow traveler! <laughs> we have many wares to share with the peoples of these lovely planets! I love Shall we talk? Uh, yes, talk, trade, that we can. No, dark, dark, dark as it make our ships kiss! <laughs> <laughs> Bubba's all like, like puts, his, puts his pointer fingers together and is like, like this! Make the ships kiss! 
yeah, the uh, Seancey will indeed kind of like lockstep with your guys's orbit around the planet and um, uh, is not coming over to your ship, but uh, there's like a very small robotic arm um, where they can bring things out of their cargo bay and then kind of unload it over to you all. And I have a whole list of things that you can buy from this this traveling merchant. Uh, not something we've really had before in Starfinder, a like a fixed um, store uh, uh, list. Question before we get this list. Mm-hmm. Did we get any credits or UPBs from our uh, trip to the Delesco settlement? Um, I believe those 2000 UPBs. Okay. Um, so just going through the list, I'm posting it in our our online uh, loot pile. <laughs> a number of things, including uh, a, a clear spindle Aeon Stone, as well as an iridescent spindle one. Some other magical items, hybrid items. Uh, one of the things that might pique Kaz's interest is uh, dark side goggles. Dark side goggles. <laughs> dark side goggles. I can't afford those. <laughs> They're pretty expensive. Some some magical uh, serums, as as well as staff of of healing things like that. So you guys can go through the list as as we continue talking and, and see what you have to trade or sell. Um, but uh, yeah, Seancey will uh, as you're looking over like a a readout of of her goods says. Uh, I was surprised to see a vessel such as yours all the way out here. You see, I, I recognize the hull configuration from my time in the Pact World. It is one of the sun worshippers of your peoples, is it not? Yeah, it's a Serenray vessel, but it does the job. Perhaps you are aware, given your transponder beacon signal, but these types of craft are shot on sight within the borders of the Star Empire. And certainly you will not be forming any Star Empire vessels in the vicinity that we are here, correct? A very untrustworthy and paranoid person. Uh, I, Seancey, uh, do not work for the Star Empire. I am a free trader, and informing on the Aslanti is not good for business wherever you are. But I should once again uh, warn you, if I were an Aslanti ship or spy and were to take a closer look as I am, if you all had traveled too close to one of their outposts or closer to a patrol, the ruse would not work on them as it did not on me. Perhaps you will want to purchase a new vessel or make some alterations to your current hull design, yes? Are these services that you can offer? I am not a, a starship saleswoman. I transport symbol goods between systems. Uh, there is one, though, uh, that I know of nearby. There is a friendly port, I should say. I suggest you head to Outpost Z. It is a, a free station and technically lies outside the bounds of Star Empire control. It is located orbiting NIS 6, and you'll find it a uh, fairly interesting place lawless though uh, endeavoring and resourceful traders such as us can achieve a good profit there and if you are looking for weapon and tech upgrades you might find some interesting items in their vendor stalls i can send you the coordinates uh she beams over the the information 
and automatically your ship can, you know, extrapolate like a, a five-hour journey uh, to the, the next closest planet. She continues and says, uh, I have uh, a single contact person there who goes by the name Talmarin. She is a resourceful smuggler and a skilled mechanic. If you have an interest in Aslanti ships, perhaps installations, she has worked on taken apart several perhaps scrapped pieces of them in the past she might be worth seeking out excellent that's a wonderful idea let's go there <laughs> do we want to buy anything before we go um i feel like she's given us enough information that we probably should just out of yeah. courtesy i mean I'll, I'll i'll sell her some pickles for just bargain basement prices um yeah a thousand credits per pickle right uh exactly exactly but the information was like six thousand credits so when i sell her like six uh, six pickles it's just uh, just break even you know can't sell her 12 pickles come on i know you got the pickles (laughs) she only she only wants six pickles what can i say it's only one six pickles (laughs) that's the pack that i sell them in um. Yeah. Isn't it terrible how uh, pickle buns always come in, in sets of eight and pickle <laughs> packages <laughs> that you pick are always packs of six. Uh, guys, any questions for Seonsi or any any purchases? I know you guys uh, crafted a lot of stuff before you left, but uh, technically you have access to purchase some things you would not be able to craft. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Seonsi. Ah. We thank you for hailing us. Uh, we, I have a sensitive question, if I may be so bold. <laughs> go, go right ahead. I swear, though, if you try to sell me on the pickles again, I will cut these communications off. No, no, no. It's not about the pickles again. It's different this time. <laughs> Okay, go go right ahead. Are you familiar with relish? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, we are told of a place where prisoners are taken. Maybe like a prison that is in the area. Do you know of this area? A prison in the Aslanti-held system of Nis? Uh, No, no one knows of this place. It is not spoken of. Ah, it is not known of. I understand. If is it if, not known can, where it is? Can the Keithy sense motive on that? Yes. Well, she she very pointedly, it's like DC zero, has admitted to to knowing where it is, but will will not say. She she continues on. It is certainly not known as Golta in their tongue, and no one uh, has heard of this place, for it is one of their black sites and does not show up on Aslanti databases, and no one has told of this place, for it has impenetrable security, though perhaps no one has really tried. Ah, I see. Well, I'm sorry that we couldn't come to an exchange of information, but uh, here are 100 credits for your for your efforts. <laughs> and I, uh, I, 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 I shoot her a little transfer of some credits. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't require the arm. You can do that digitally. She does seem to have an Abadar core account that you can kind of transfer those over to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikithi will also purchase some of the spell gems of Charm Person. Okay, pretty pretty simple ones. Um, 
Anybody else? I know there's some pretty expensive items here. Yeah, Kaz will uh, will not say anything, but Drew will cry that he doesn't have enough for dark side goggles. <laughs> you didn't have enough? Why'd you waste it on stupid things like armor? Yeah, oh, I, I need to replace that level two armor. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, before she leaves, uh, she'll say, I am outbound from the system now, but... I will send you my contact information here aboard my vessel, and I do travel back through Ness often. Perhaps we can do business in the future. If you have need of certain items, I can also try and locate those for you for a nominal fee. So yeah, she'll send over her information and, and give you a, uh, a kind of a ship waggle as uh, her ship uh, blasts forward and, and past you all. And, uh, yeah. I'm gonna marry that lady. <laughs> uh, Patrick, what was the name of the contact that she gave us? The sparks are flying. Imrin. Talmarin. Talmarin. Yeah, T A L M R I N. Oh, T A L. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you guys want to head off to this outpost Z? I think sure. that's probably the smartest. Option. Zed's the word, baby. I'm not lying. You can keep dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> If you guys want to just keep looking for the prison planet and and have a a cadre of chance encounters with other Aslanti starships, I'm fine for that too. That will be <laughs> maybe no, a few too many starship combats back to back. But not not Ag, nah, we're good. Nah, we're go- we're going we're going to Zed's palace, Lord Zed. Yeah. So like I said, uh, maybe maybe a, a few hours. Uh, later, you guys can all- spaceship crowd. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is a few hours later. You guys can travel to the coordinates Seancey sent you, and you see a very large free-floating object in orbit around this icy rock here in the system. And we have... Oh, we've got art for this, too. Ha- take take a look at Outpost Zed. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. It looks like uh, a fancy version of the space station K-7 from the original Star Trek episode, The Trouble of Triples. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Nerd alert. Probably. Probably true. I don't think you can say nerd alert on a Starfinder <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Miles. Oh, I was like, oh, I yes. How do we yes, get nerdier than the Starfinder yes, you podcast? you can. <laughs> the actual play Starfinder podcast. I, for one thing, it looks a little like a Swiss Army knife. I mm. can see that. Yeah. Oh. So, like, the little branches mm. popping out as a uh, toothpick and uh, a <laughs> nail file. <laughs> um what it actually looks like to you as you you know approach it and it escapes out of the shadow of this icy rocky planetoid um it looks like an aslanti design maybe an older aslanti design but you see a lot of the the hallmarks of of ship and and structure design here and nikithi especially looking over it you might have seen something similar to this elsewhere it looks kind of like a, a mining or refinery facility um, but very old and, and massively retrofitted. You see these um, long arm docking bays where there are dozens of ships kind of docked with it, uh, seem to be add-ons and kind of constructions over the course of maybe many years. Um, and yeah, as you guys draw near the Phoenix's respite to the the, the ships in port, um, you see many of them are are kind of like wet docked. They're just linked via their their tethers. And as you get closer, an automated computer system routes you to an, an open airlock. You guys can park the, the respite and link your airlock 
to to the system via via umbilical. Is everyone uh, escaping the the confines of the ship you've been on for seventeen days to to go? Absolutely, yes. And say so. Right. Why do I get the feeling that we're going to be saying this deal keeps getting worse all the time later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and as Lanty in all black shows up as you're I going mean, out to dinner. It's like, oh, great. I mean, it's, 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 we don't know the Aslanti to just let their technology go. So it seems a little weird that this is an Aslanti station run by presumably a bunch of. I, I, don't, I think everything will be fine. Nothing, nothing surely will, bad will happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's all rainbows and puppy dogs as you get in here and you're like, wow, That's we were right. really... Wait, oh, oh, Zed is great. Wait, what docking bay are we in? 94? Huh? No, it's happening all over again. <laughs> More like docking bay 66. No, no. Other Star oh, Wars right. references. Well, um, well, yeah, no, no. I figured we might want to start... Uh, asking around for this uh, uh, Talmarin. Um Yeah, well, you can do that once we get inside the station. If everyone's going in, you know, you're, you're waiting outside for maybe a minute before the, the airlock cycles. And when when you are able to pop in and, and take off your, your helmets, you're just hit with a, a hot wave of stale, muggy air, smells of nickel and rust. And you are ushered into a very thin hallway uh, maybe connecting a half dozen similar airlocks with what looks like a, a large wide corridor. I'll, I'll take us to said corridor there. And as you're going through here, this might answer some of your questions about why would the Islandia leave this place? It is it is a very breathable, oxygen-rich atmosphere, though maybe weird mixes of some of the other gases. It kind of feels a little heavy uh, breathing very muggy here as well. There's no ceiling above you, but rather just a labyrinthian series of ducts and pipes that are leaky and porous and just looking at the state of the, the metal grates under your feet and the kind of the airlocks um, rusted over. This place looks almost ancient. This is a, a very old Islanti installation, probably one that they just gave up at some point. Uh, it is at, at a certain point more advantageous just to build a new refinery than it is to keep patching mm-hmm. together one that's fallen apart. Yeah, Winslet's like, this place looks like a flea hole. Do not even get me started. I can barely look. <laughs> yeah. So it is, um, uh, yeah, from what Seance told you, just kind of like a um, uh, an outpost where pirates, smugglers, things like that kind of join in. People on the fringes of the Islanti Empire um, and it's supposedly not under Aslanti rule. I guess you'll <laughs> you'll find that out the hard way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as, as you get towards the end of this hallway, it opens up into this larger kind of concourse, um, maybe 10, 15 foot wide. And before you lies a huge metallic door. It looks like it's maybe um, 15 foot tall. Um, and as you approach it, it does not open and you see no security pad or entry system. There is a small bioscanner reader above the door frame. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing opens up here. What, what do you guys want to do? Uh, before we do anything else, I'm going to cast Charming Veneer on everyone in my party, myself included. Oh. Just in case we come across some pirates who are a little better at sensing our motives than we'd like. Is this a level one spell? No, it's a level zero. Oh, wow. That's, oh, that's great. <laughs> I was about to bam, say. Bam, bam. I'm not wasting all my spells on that now. Yeah, it only, it only lasts. 
<laughs> for a short while though, right? Yeah, 10 minutes. <laughs> but you're just like, are you just going to keep tapping everyone on the shoulder and be like, you could be more charming. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my teammates? Yes, we could all be a little more charming. Quit I... staring at our weird shoes. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bioscanner. Uh, can I can I maybe get any information off the bioscanner on what it's looking for? Or can I hack it? Like how, uh, can I, how can I? What can I do to this thing? You might need a little boost <laughs> to to get up to where you can, you know, plug in a, a port from a, a data pad. Um, Nikki can, can stand on Idis, and Idis will rear up. <laughs> might need a little bit more help than that. Would Win be willing to uh, do the old uh, booster seat? Uh, sure. Okay, so now we need the the fan art of Win <laughs> holding mean, up Idis with Nikki yeah. on top of Idis. Um, <laughs> if uh, if if Wynn comes up to like lift Nikiti, uh, he might look and be like, eh, maybe Bump Puzzle will be better. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're already you're in for a pound and for a single penny. Yeah, um, Bump Puzzle's already knocking on the front door while you're doing this. <laughs> I mean, it it makes a very very thick metallic sound that doesn't seem to be traveling very far. You hear a lot of sound and vibrations throughout the ship. Um, make me a DC uh, X computers check, Nikithi. Let's see if you can uh, get into this system. Uh, can I assist? Uh, yes, go right ahead. You're, you're up there. You can kind of see what he's working on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Four, 14 will will assist. Oh, would, oh, would, uh, wouldn't you want to roll for me, Tyler? All right, here it comes. And I've got a 10 on the dice, plus 10 is 20, plus an assist is 22. All right. With a little help from your your bear captain friend, uh, you can indeed uh, kind of read what is in the, the sensors log and in, in the computer log. And it's like every single kind of weird looking alien, like outline and you know heat signature and things like that, except for humans not on there. Uh, bear definitely not on there uh it, it just doesn't seem like you guys are are the kind of people that normally come through this door <clears throat> gotcha but but uh after it do i get the idea that after it kind of scans whoever wants to come through the door that uh, the door will like open up for it is it is this part of the opening mechanism of the door uh yeah so if um one, one of the things that you can tell is um a Draylek. if a Draylek came through there's like very easily readable data that would would open up the door um cool can i make it think that we're all draylic uh yeah yeah so it takes a little while it doesn't seem to be communicating very quickly with like a central computer elsewhere in, in the station um gotcha. so like it takes a few times like sending the command back and forth uh before it will allow it but as soon as it does the door goes shwomp. yeah i was gonna i was gonna say i'll use my disguise kit to make me look like something else <laughs> the smallest Draylick ever recorded. I mean, it just needs the face, right? That's all it needs. I mean, no, no, it's a lot of things, but like yeah. honestly, scanner. I feel like it, it would have a, the biggest trouble with Kaz because he's human, and that's well, we just thing. need to open one time, right? We yeah, just like need- it doesn't. It, I don't know that we need to hack it this much. We could just have one of y'all go up there. I mean, open I've, the door I've already done it. Run in. I've already yeah, done it. That's what we've done. It's open. It's Let's open. walk in. Yeah. yeah, Patrick said it's open, so we're good to go. Well, yeah, it's open now, but I mean, I imagine you're going to leave the station at some point, so it might be good to have uh, this uh, skill set under your belt uh, if you want to open this door again. Um, 
but yeah, the door opens and um, yeah, it seems like he, it opens up to the middle of the, the station and you see a huge central multi-level plaza uh, kind of sprawling out in front of you. Hundreds of, of aliens, all shapes and sizes, kind of milling, walking about. And as you all walk forward, you hear the sounds of, of voices and scrabbling feet in the, the ducts and pipes above your heads. Uh, dozens of alien dialects fill this room as uh, people kind of um, uh, noisily walk up and down industrial-looking gantries and, and some catwalks uh, along the, the side, uh, on a, like a level above you. And... I'm going to just open up a, a very large space. This is dim light here, but most of you can see just uh, well, basically what this looks like. Boom. Here's the entire room. The promenade of the Alposed. <laughs> oh, all kinds of aliens all over the place. What's the matter, Tyler? I, I don't know what Tyler's laughing at. But I, I know what Tyler's laughing at. <laughs> what? Uh, Fucking is that Drew in there? No, he, <laughs> yes. Yes, I snuck a picture of Drew in there. He's definitely... Uh, <laughs> Not Kaz, mind you, just Drew. <laughs> We're in a prong shirt. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to see his face. <laughs> um, love you too, uh, Tyler. Thanks. Oh, dude, it's so funny. No, I love you. It's very fun. It's very fun. Um, uh, oh my god. Speaking this, up, I mean, this does look just like the Cambridge side gallery. <laughs> um, Nikithi would turn maybe as before or as as we're entering or before we're entering uh, Nikithi would turn and uh, say when I looked through the bioscanners complete history I did not see even one entry for a human Kaz it might be wise to lay low I will well, hide behind the bear <laughs> what does that mean go back to the ship or <laughs> put uh, on no. like a hoodie put up a hood yeah <laughs> I mean, just don't make himself uh, you know bumfuzzle give me your helmet Giant bear helmet? <laughs> no, bum fuzzle. This is oh, a goblin oh, helmet. The, the football shaped goblin helmet, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll spray paint it black. With two okay. big with two big eyes. Uh, so I look like an alien. There are so many great uh for you listeners out there, there are so many great images uh as I'm pouring through how Patrick has decorated this uh this bazaar. Uh I think I see a death web. Is that like a spider, Patrick? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I might have pulled some some fancy images right here and there <laughs> to uh, to fill this place out. There's some nasty looking bug like creatures. In the, yeah. in the bottom right, is that another uplifted bear, or is that another kind of alien? No, this is this is an alien. Uh, you, you guys got no clue what this thing is. It looks like kind of like a gorilla almost. It, it walks on its forearms, kind of in front of it, but yeah, it's definitely. Definitely humanoid in in facial like a, appearance, like and, a bearilla. Yeah, it's, it's you know a fairly large and lumbering. See, yeah, but I mean, you see like a ton of aliens that none of you have seen before. Um, although there are a few few that you might have in the pact. Uh, there's some a lot of Draylix and, and reptoids, as well as a few um, Recreches. Which I'll show you what these guys look like. They're you know, rare in the packs of some, but you've definitely seen them. Uh, like maybe here or there. Yep. They've had contact. 
Who are these? Some, uh, who are these humanoid folks up here in the the upper? Oh, those are like uh, I want to say they're Verthani. What's the? I can't remember the name of them. Yeah, these these looking very lanky, kind of like odd, muscular looking humanoids with these these deep red eyes. They you know maybe as you like turn your head can um, imagine they're human for like a moment, but like the way their their elbows kind of bend backwards every once in a while and contort. They are one of the freakiest alien races for me. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're they're like the terrible. alien race Jimbo. Yeah, they're they're great <laughs> mechanics, I believe, is part of their traits. Um, they look like a StarCraft uh, character. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that really only exists in the uh, uh, the Islanti system. Um, I can tell you, outside of the game, your, your characters don't know this, but uh, these ones specifically are um, Brackens. Brackens, that's right. I was, uh, yeah. The uh, the the large kind of ape-like creature is uh, uh, Neskintis. Um, but yeah, there's there's a whole number of of odd creatures here in this room, and um, this is maybe the most cantina feel that you guys have gotten before, as uh, you've you've been in you know packed bars and, and things like that and space stations perhaps before but uh, this is even even more alien than that experience as, as you guys are, are kind of you, you can you can move yourself into this room like anywhere down here on the the south side put yourself in any order yeah and as we do that Talara would be like come on boys didn't your mothers ever tell you it's not polite to stare we've been talking about these people behind their backs for a while. Yeah, you're... I mean, we haven't said anything. <laughs> talking in common, and it's not a tongue that you hear here, so I don't know if anyone's really paying you much mind. You might get a few odd looks by, like, a... what looks like a walking brain in a jar that just kind of, like, looks by you and a couple of, like, eyes float up uh, next to it. Oh, it's, it's this guy. Look, there's a, there's art all over this. Is there one of the uh, oh. gorilla-looking guys that hangs out with the brain in the jar? <laughs> Uh, n- yeah, sure. I'll put him down here by this <laughs> Nikisti. <laughs> um, yeah, but feel free, please, put yourself in the room uh, in whatever marching order you guys want to try and file through this crowd. I just realized that maybe bringing something that looks like an Akata wasn't smart. <laughs> well, you see some other weird creatures um, that don't look sentient, don't look uh, like they are in control, you know, like being led around. There are some makeshift stalls um, in, in a few corners on what look like upturned spools where there's like little trinkets, knickknacks. You see some large um, uh, collections of like fabric on spools and like a table just full of scrap metal. Um, and yeah, um, the, the, the room is recessed in the middle here. As you walk forward, you can kind of peer down in about 15 feet into a very open area of long, um, kind of unused, quieted, uh, or refinery machinery. And uh, as you as you file in, you get a better look. There seems to be a door to the east and another similar kind of huge um, door to the west. There's actually a few passages to the east uh, behind some of these stalls and... Um, yeah, the the sounds of alien languages kind of filter in around you. What do you guys want to do? So can I can I do a culture check to see what would be a, a um, an appropriate greeting to use among you know pirate smuggler kind of people? I assume that's what this well, is. I mean, you could use the universal greeting. Oh, what what's is that? that? Ba weep gra na weep nini ba. It's oh, a universal boy. greeting. 
Um, Rebecca, please make me a culture check. See what you know. Hey, DC is negative five on this for black markets, pirates, and smugglers. Mm. That's a 26. Do you see someone you think might be selling some some hot material? You can kind of give them like a, a curt head bow. Maybe um, just like duck your line of sight away from theirs for a moment and then bring it up real quick. Um, and like one, one of these vendors r- repeats it. What looks like a, a small ferret-like creature. <laughs> uh, hey, I love these on. guys. Those things are great. Oh my. Oh. Scream Deeps. No, Gosclaw. This one's a Gosclaw, yeah. yeah. There's some other, uh, I don't know if they're in this room. There's some other smaller (laughs) furry creatures here as well. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, a few people kind of uh, after you give them that signal will um, kind of like shake their hands in in your direction and like show you their wares and and start speaking, speaking crazy made up alien language to you like, are there any languages that that we might recognize that are not uh, common? Um, yeah, you walk by a few groups of maybe varying alien races that seem to be using Aslanti, kind of like broken, stilted Aslanti as a, a common language. To so lingua franca, if you will. Um, Talara might walk up to one of these uh, jokers and, and start speaking Aslanti to them, probably also in pretty broken Aslanti. Uh, pick an alien. Let's let's get through and move yourself nearby them. Who would be fun to talk to? How about this guy up here? Yeah, wh- which one? The one on... Uh, I can't see what they really look like. I'll go with the guy just to my east. Oh, this this beautiful, handsome devil. <laughs> it's a, uh, a Quarloo. Um, Is that like a snail? Kind of, yeah, kind of. Alien snail-like. You got uh, three arms kind of uh, coming out of this it's like a, a large rocky protuberance on their back and looks like looks like a honest. molten rock on its back kind of like the horta from the star trek original series episode devil in the dark how do, how do we how do we cut this guy's mic i don't understand <laughs> i don't i don't know but drew is on a, a roll this evening he's on he is on nerd fire. I don't yeah, that, know. That's why I've moved over to the Nerdonian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to speak Klingon to this fool and see. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty loud, and you, you're able to like get in like a few words in his lanty, and you, yeah, they're maybe looking around uh, at some some wares and kind of peering up into the top there, and uh, they maybe don't speak very good as Lanty because they're just like, hi. Could I could I ask about um, Talmrin? Hi. So Talmrin means nothing to you? Talmrin, hi. You, you've been very helpful. Thank you. And she moves on. Uh, as, as they go, they you know, say something in their own language and it's like, Does anyone speak infernal? Are you just shouting curse words in infernal like into the heavens? <laughs> um, why, why don't you guys make me a perception check? See what you hear here. <sighs> oh boy! All right, we got some some natural ones here. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's correct, Miles. You have that a negative one in perception, <laughs> but you rolled a two, so I'm not uh, putting too much stock that on that roll. Right. Uh, I got a twenty-seven. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, so it looks like Bumfuzzle, you've moved over to like the eastern side of the the concourse a little bit away from the the main group, and from yeah. there you've got. Uh, I mean, you hear the same thing, dozens of alien languages, uh, but you're able to see something perhaps the the rest of these folk don't notice. Um, A couple of Dralics that seem to be tailing after your your friends, and you see them kind of shimmer slightly, this dark, greasy sheen that makes them them a little hard to see in the the dim light here. They are Uh, right over here, these two guys. Okay, okay. And so they seem to be uh, sort of intently looking at our group or. Uh, yeah, they're like talking to one another. And like as as you guys like walk forward a bit, like they take a few steps. They seem to be trailing the giant blue bear and the the humanoid looking uh, fellow Kaz. Um, does anyone speak Aklo? Do not. Nope. nope. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty random languages spoken here at the station. Um, Hold on. Uh, unless the Callow speak Aklo, because I wrote Callow down on uh, on my list, but I wasn't yeah. actually sure if that was the language or not. Yeah. Right. Well, what you guys hear as as uh, these figures come up behind you is And yeah, <laughs> you guys can turn around and see these two Dralic look like they have a tattoo of a third eye on their foreheads and carry with them staves that seem to crackle to life with dark energy and as their weapons alight all the other creatures alien creatures nearby begin to scatter away and like run into corners i need everyone to make an initiative roll check for me oh come on Man, I have the worst initiative in the planet. Alrighty, we are uh, we are in an initiative turn order. These guys seem to be brandishing weapons against you, shouting things in an alien language nobody here understands. Bumfuzzle, you saw this uh, uh, from afar, and you're like on the backside of, of these people that are, are menacing your team. Uh, you're at the top of the turn order. What do you want to do? Um, I want to I want to try to uh, 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 chill everybody out right now. I want to try to run up and uh, uh, sort of like wave them off and be like, no, 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 no. This is this is all fine. And I have my hands up in the air. No weapons in my hands. I'm like, this is all fine. It's not a big deal. Everybody's good. What is Bumfuzzle's diplomacy like? Uh, it is something. <laughs> it's plus one right now. It's plus one. So it's not none. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So uh, so uh, just gonna run up and be like, it's out. Hey, this is fine. I can. I'm just like sort of like have my hands out, sort of like supplicating, just like no, no, no. Uh, go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, gonna tell you though, it's it's gonna be huge. Oh, it's not great because <laughs> they're they're already. Uh, at the very least, getting to very hostile right now. Um, a nine on the diplomacy check is not going to do it. They look, or, you know, one of them turns around, like looks over his shoulder, holding this this staff, and uh, uh, yeah, you've got his attention at the very least. 
Uh, Kaz, we are we're on to you. Uh, what would you like to do? Kaz is going to uh, run up uh, past Win and get right between these two uh, these two Dreliks mm-hmm. uh, in flanking position with Bum Puzzle. Uh, oh. Not flanking. I'm not holding a weapon. <laughs> yeah, I'm specifically he's... trying to not be threatening right now. Stand- Eventually, you might be flanking. That's Standing next to Bum Puzzle, and <laughs> and he is going to try to strike out at the one between uh, Bumfuzzle and Kaz uh, that, that's right here on the, the, the east. Excellent. Uh, with uh, a dirty trick. So that is going to be an 18 on the dirty trick. Uh, 18 is not going to hit their KC plus uh, four, unfortunately. Ugh. Whatever you need here. Um, but yeah, as you, <laughs> as you get uh, close to them, you notice, yeah, it seems to be just like a little darker around them. Uh, you are in dim light uh, here in the station, uh, so a little, a little difficult for Kaz to see. Um, that is your turn when we're on to you. Giant Bear, you got some some aggressors here on the station yeah, floor. Yeah, so he's going to take a guard forward just a little bit to the... the There's a, a Drillic right in front of him, so he's going to yeah. step forward a little bit, keeping five feet in between him, and jab at him with his trident. Already pulling that weapon off your your back. I'm guessing you you carry it around. Yeah, that is a 21. Oh, that's gonna be hit for eight points of damage. Ouch, ouch! First hit of this combat. Uh, you drive the trident down, and it tries to like hold back the <laughs> the the spear tips with its staff, but you just like push it in, and uh, it's unable to resist that bare strength. Here comes the choo-choo! Yeah, a lot of damage, too. Uh, what, what are you rolling the dice here? I can't even tell. Like a six? No, I'm mean, t- t- damage. Oh, um... It does D8, right? So... Yeah. Um, anyway, good good turn there. Talara, we are on to you. Yeah, Talara's around the corner, and she hears her friend's friends i use that term loosely right now well you, you can you can see them this this area in the middle is recessed okay well then she openly rolls her eyes at win and kaz and comes forward um and wants to uh can i use diplomacy and and try to calm everybody down a little bit uh once again you can it's gonna be uh, i'm not gonna lie to you guys uh, a high roll because you don't speak the language it adds plus five um they, they haven't attacked you yet, so I'll, I'll say they're very unfriendly at the moment, if not hostile. So you're going to have to just, Wynn just stabs somebody. Is it, is it helpful if her language is similar to their language, though? No, that's not, no, not really. <laughs> that's not how different planets' languages work. So. Does it help that I'm a smuggler and, like, you know, <laughs> you know how to talk to smugglers? I don't know. Do, I mean, is, is, it some, is it a part of your theme? Uh, well, I'm a space no. pirate is my theme, but um, my profession is smuggler. Yeah, no, these guys, these guys don't look like any pirates that you've seen. Um, you're, you're standing behind Wynn currently. Are are you trying to mime something uh, over to them? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to use like sign language and explain that like everything's cool, guys. Like, All right, give me that interpretive dance real quick. Describe what it looks like. All right, so she raises her hands up in the air with her her palms outward. She is clearly not armed and, um, like, kind of makes eyes at Kaz and Wynn and rolls her eyes, like, 
They're crazy. Don't ignore, <laughs> totally ignore everything they're doing. Everything's fine. We're all friends here. <laughs> we stab each other all the time as friends. Uh, <laughs> Kaz looks at Talara and says, why don't you do that in combat? <laughs> Call back. Um, go ahead and make me that diplomacy roll. Very high numbers are needed here. That's a 25. I'm oh, 26 go. with uh, my uh, charming veneer. 26. Very good. Very good. Um, I'm giving you a little situational bonus for, for describing your, your actions. Still not enough. 16 on the uh, dice. 10. Not going to be enough with the, the language barrier as well. Um, that, that unfortunately is all your turn. Nakithi, next in the turn order. Has anybody tried speaking another language to them? <laughs> like Islanti? I mean, yeah, like Islanti. Like, I mean, yeah, they're speaking Aklo. Or, well, we as players know they're speaking Aklo. But, I mean, we know we can't understand their language, but, you know, they might be multilingual. We could try cycling through languages and seeing if we don't have a common one. Uh, so Nikithi will spend his turn cycling through his language and seeing languages and seeing if he can't get a response using any of the ones he knows. Um, obviously, he's not going to use common because they would have responded in common if that worked. Um, but he'll try Osharin, Aslanti, Infernal, and Abyssal and seeing if any of that gets. And he'll spend <laughs> his whole turn doing There's like a voice that calls out from behind you, like hiding behind a crate. Uh, it looks like a, an Indifian woman who, who calls back in Aslanti and says, They worship the broken lord. They, they don't want to talk. They want to kill. Uh, he, he shouts back uh, in Islanti. Oh, well, then uh, thank you. I will honor their wish to die. You look real stupid trying to negotiate with them. <laughs> we're new, we're, we are new in town. Please cut me some slack here. <laughs> so basically, Kaz and Wynn look good and everyone else looks dumb. Uh, yeah, p- people seem to on the promenade know what is going down here when these two came up to you. I mean, to be fair, Win always looks dumb, so this is a oh, so oh, that was a lame attempt at a clap back. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was, was Nik- a great shot. That was Ni- <laughs> Nikithi's turn, but Idis yeah. still has all of her allotment, and knowing what we now know, mm-hmm. Idis will move. Oops, I moved everybody. Idis will uh, move thirty feet to get around Win, and then fire her brand new at the uh, Draylick that is right in front of Win, the Win staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, see how this goes. Oh no! And I've rolled a natural toot. Toot won't doot. <laughs> um, it is their turn. They they've got these these staves, um, and uh, I think one of them is going to try and step forward and and take a attack against Win, the the one that Win stab, believe it or not, wants a a little bit of payback for that. I've rolled a five on the dice, and I don't need to ask here, Casey. That's not going to hit. <laughs> um, and this other one, yeah, is just going to to look around. He kind of looks Kaz up and down, and going to use, use, use a fun ability. Just going to use a great ability that uh, maybe you guys. I don't know if don't know if you've seen it before because I don't remember if Alindra had this ability. But you see this dark sheen um, that kind of coats his armor and the, the Dralik's uh, exposed uh, scaly skin uh, darken up a, a great deal more. 
and yeah you see what looks like uh if you've seen a salarian before a very similar kind of dark matter just kind of coating its skin and it will also make a uh standard attack against kaz bringing the stave down hopefully hopefully on him uh, nope i rolled a seven this time <laughs> also gonna be a miss great and that is the end of turn one. We're back to turn two with Bumpuzzle. So I also speak at Slanty, mm-hmm. and um, I hear the person shouting out, they're here <laughs> to kill you. <laughs> I say, oh no, ah, ah, I mean, jump. <laughs> and so I pull out, a, I pull out a, a, a knife very quickly, and I just sort of swipe it across this guy's Weird reptile fish feed. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's not great. So uh, it just uh, it's a it's a wild slash and it goes wide. <laughs> that won't do, believe it or not. Even with flanking uh, a four on the dice, we all roll bad numbers sometimes. Um, yeah, that's gonna bring us back to Kaz, who's now got a, a friend in Bumfuzzle. All right, so I've got a friend in Bumfuzzle and a friend in Itis. I'm flanking with both of these guys. Oh boy. <laughs> so we're gonna take two strikes, one for each. All right, that's a, that's a, a way to do it. So let's let's go to the one with Bumfuzzle first. All right, here we go. Entropic Strike. That is a uh, 19 minus 3 is 16 plus 2 is... <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah. Uh, that is a hit. Uh, that's 10 damage. Oh, my gosh. I forgot level 3. You guys do so much more damage now. Uh, right, so that is a hit, and you bring your fist pummeling into this fairly weak-looking Draylic. Uh It does seem... Like this sheen around its body is soaking up a little bit of that damage. But for the most part, that is going through. And there's the first damage on this one between you and Bumpuzzle. Uh, let's go to the second attack to the, the one you're flanking with Itis. Even better. That's oh boy. a 20 to hit. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, wow. 15 on the dice yeah. and almost the same amount of damage. This one, this figure does not seem indeed to have uh, these same defenses up, uh, the dark matter defenses. So all this damage going through. Wow, wow, wow. All right. And we are on back to win. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, take a guard step back and then stab my trident. Guarded step, stab a 14 to hit uh, a 14 is fortunately not enough all right against uh you're using your your pike that is uh, a miss um so that is your turn Talaro. back to you big fight <laughs> broke out now <laughs> amidst everyone diplomacy out the window yeah Ugh. um i guess i'll i guess i'll summon a creature we'll see on the next turn what i decide to summon <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, here comes that summon sound. Forty-five minutes later. I was about to say, I think the sound effect takes longer than IRL in the game. <laughs> the three seconds it takes. It's a full round summon that takes a lot of time. Uh, um, Nikithi and Drone Itis, we're back to you. Nikithi is uh, ruminating on what the uh, Diffin woman said to him. Would he be able to identify this broken one that she spoke of? Uh, make me a culture check. Drelik aren't super well known in the pact, but 
Uh, you might have. Might you no, know, I don't have any. You know, I don't have any ranks in culture, Patrick. How about mysticism? <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, yes, I, I will allow that because this is a fairly mystical order. I will give that a chance. And I rolled a. Oh, I thought it was going to be a 17, but it was a three. Uh, an 11 altogether. Yeah, I mean, you, you've seen maybe these kind of figures before and, and figure there were some kind of uh, religious faith, but they, they do have what looks like a tattooed, uh, tattooed uh, third eye like on their very, very large forehead. And they're dressed in very drab colors and seem to be summoning this dark energy. You don't know what these guys are, though. Don't know. This is the definition of um, <laughs> very alien to you all. Gotcha. Well, Nikithi not being able to figure much else out is going to leave everything up Idis, who is flanking with Kaz, uh, and maybe invigorated by uh, Kaz's successful full attack. She's going to do a full attack of her own. With Good the girls. Good girl. Uh, first attack against this Drelik is going to be an 18 on the dice, so Ooh. a 19 to hit. That's a hit. That's six points of damage. Okay, it's still up. Second attack is gonna be a 10 on the dice. Ooh, not gonna do it. Oh, yeah, was that 12 or so? Yeah. Uh, that is a miss against KAC, but this guy looks looks like he's uh, ready to fall down. Thankfully, it is his turn, and he's gonna fortunately stay where he is and also summon up the, the, the dark matter to kind of coalesce over his body. Not that I think that's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> uh, make him last for, for another round. Um, but that is the, the move action. And then it is going to try and uh, I think it's going to try and bring his, his dark matter stave down on Itis. That would be unfortunate. Uh, 15 oh. on the dice. That is a hit. And it is, this is indeed a, um, a hybrid weapon, magical weapon uh, known as a shadow staff. And is fairly basic. It is going to deal a little bit of damage here. Looks like this guy is weakly um, bringing this down on Ida's for uh, three points of damage. Let me double check this. Yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem right. Oh, nope. Yeah, it's it's three points of bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing. Uh, my choice uh, as this the, the blades kind of manifest at the end of it. So um, this will be bludgeoning. It's just kind of trying to crush this this weird-looking creature right. in front of it. Idis' uh, innate DR will reduce that to two. <sighs> yes, it says it, it's dark energy, but I imagine this is very similar to a Solarian's weapon, which is, like, technically made of energy, but does one of the three damage types. Okay. And the other one has has a couple attacks. Um, it is going to he'll send one to Kaz and one to Bumfuzzle. Let's let's divide them up for some reason. Uh, first to Kaz. An eight on the dice is going to be a miss, and to Bumfuzzle. A three on the dice is going to be a miss. These guys are. Uh, if their goal is to die. I'm doing a great job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we should just knock these guys out and then try to mine them for information. And uh, you might have a chance on turn three, which starts now. Bumfuzzle, we're back to you. Jerbert. Um, I pull a patch off of a, uh, uh, a wrist bracelet that I have, and I point it at the fish man, and mm -hmm. it shoots a spray of salt. I was saving it for Nikithi, but <laughs> in case Nikithi turned. <laughs> right, right. But I'm like, ah, he's a bigger threat now. Salt in your face. 
and uh, let's see how well this projects my salt. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, engineer that salt catapult. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, this, sorry, the thing actually incorporates the, my check with the attack roll now. So, ooh, here we go. This is including flanking. Uh, CR 10 or lower. Oh, yeah, they are <laughs> CR 10, so you got that. All right, and uh, 25 on the attack. Uh, that is a hit and for, a distracted one at that. Uh, for the least amount of damage, Aww. almost possible, uh, four points of damage. Oh, but still, <laughs> points on the board for this one who's only been hit once by Kaz. And speaking of our, our human devil friend here, uh, Kaz, we're on to you. Uh, so Kaz uh, is going to once again make two attacks, one on each of the Dralik. All right. So his first entropic strike, he takes a roundhouse kick uh, to the Dralik's head for <laughs> 19 to hit. Oh, I'm sorry, 20 to hit with uh, with flanking. Is this the one next to Bumfuzzle? The one next to Bumfuzzle. Uh, that is a hit. For nine damage. Okay. What kind of damage? Uh, let's do both acid and bludgeoning. Okay, yeah, so he <laughs> looks pretty weak. <laughs> a little confused why he's getting stabbed and punched at the same time. But he is still up. And let's go attack on the other Trelek. And we're doing some fancy feet work. He's just going to do a, a high kick straight to the head again. Not a roundhouse, but a regular high kick. And he's going to miss that one, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, with flashbacks. Eight, with an eight to hit. Flashbacks of like jumping through the the hallways of the Phoenix's race pit. Yeah. Like, no, my trainee. He's excited and he's maybe a little overexcited. Uh, perhaps Win can close this one out. He looks like he's about to drop dead. He's gonna try uh, <laughs> to you know slam that trident into him one more time. Single attack. Uh, it's 22, Ooh. 20, yeah, 22 to hit for eight points of damage. It wanted to drop on a two on that D20, yeah, but that is enough to stab him once more with the trident, and he goes down, his his staff kind of clamoring to the, the ground, almost falling into the, the pit in the center of the promenade. Um, you have a, a move action, anything you want to do? Yeah, he's going to uh, move to the side, so he's about still about five feet away from the other one, so he's threatening him as well. Okay, yep, yep. Bringing your trident and drag it along with uh, this guy's best friend's, like, blood on it still. Um, Talara, we're on to you. What summon time is it? Well, I was going to try something new, but in order to flank with Wen, I'm going to bring out Tiny Demon because he flies. Uh, yep, he can fly right over the pit pop him in short stuff I imagine it's going to do some kind of attack yep uh, double attack I believe oh, oh no I'm going to drop this guy ready <laughs> I have arrived to kill Talara's enemies oh boy we need to incorporate <laughs> those submissions from the June fan challenge immediately yep yep alright this um, is fight number one Oh, that's going to not do it. That's a 10. Thank, thank goodness. Wait, 12. 12. Uh, 12 okay. KC is a miss. Oh, a boy. Second. Ooh, ooh. Oh, man. 13. Also a miss. Thank goodness. <laughs> I was dreading some, uh, some summon attacks, but yeah, didn't roll over. A 10 on the dice. Uh, what do you want to do? You still have a full turn you can take, Rebecca. Yeah, I'll... Talara. Uh, I'm going to use... I'll shoot my gun. 
laser pistol shooting through some friends through combat here. Go right ahead. Well, he's your hit, e- EAC. I don't think anyone's side Kaz has, has targeted that. Man, that's a 15. Um, Let's see. He's getting a little armor cover here. Nope. That is going to be a miss. All right. Miss, miss, miss. Um, Nikithi and Drone Itis. What you got, Tyler? Uh, Nikithi will shout out to his comrades once again. That maybe uh, trying to take them alive would be this one. Trying to take this one alive is mm-hmm. better. Uh, and then Itis will move in. Uh, ooh, I would really like to be flanking with someone, but I don't think I can make that happen. So Itis will just take a single attack. Non lethal here. Minus four. Okay. Oh, that's a critical hit. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, and it's uh, probably dead anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, 18 points of non-lethal damage. Yeah, very, very unconscious. Kind of overkill, Tyler. Um, a quick uh, shout out to our Patreon subscribers, <laughs> uh, especially those at the, um, uh, what are our fancy Marmalaw and Soul Bonded players level and above. Um, if you're listening to this, we need more shout outs. So give them to us on our, our Patreon campaign. Um, uh, that will do it for this fight as I just, just uh, ragdoll physics uh, this guy and kind of like rears it up in the air, brings yeah. it down. Nikiti immediately looks over at Talara and says, your manacles might be useful here. <laughs> we are well out of combat as this thing uh, I can I can tell you outside of combat this was almost to its turn three where this guy was going to basically explode and was known as a, a dark nova it's very similar to the solarian ability and there's a lot of people around him which I was like, very excited about thank you Tyler you're right. Hey, it is tradition. If I declare something to be non-lethal, I will roll a credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. It's canon. It's third, third, third time it's happened. Tradition. <laughs> tradition. Remember that kish that, that uh, Edras knocked its eye out? <laughs> tradition. Tradition. Um, th- this Indifian comes up behind you uh, and says, uh, You handled the, uh, the death cultists very well. We tried to give them a wide berth, but they do not care for outsiders here. Yeah, I, I apologize that we disrupted the marketplace, so it was not our intention, but we are new to the system. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome. Fights happen, but we have a saying here on Outpost said that is very applicable in this situation. Hmm, what is it? Uh, to be continued. No! <laughs> we say it all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am very familiar with this saying. <laughs> It's a packed world system saying too. Yes. We say it like once a, a week. <laughs> you see what has happened here. You see what has happened here. We have bridged cultures and formed a connection. <laughs> Guys, that's going to do it. I hope you are ready for a weird adventure. <laughs> it's, oh, good. It's only, I mean, this is as normal as it gets. This is promenade. It's going to get a lot weirder after this. All right. Um, buckle in for some some shenanigans. Get those diplomacy dice ready if you want to try and talk oh. down some weird aliens again. And uh, yeah, yeah, formulate your plans for for making your way through the the alien kind of end of the uh, the galaxy here at, at Outpost said because it's going to be a lot of this. We got a big map here to explore in uh, a fairly uh, average sized 
space station. Um, and uh, yeah, we're not even like a quarter of the way through this map. Ooh, it's intriguing. All right. Look forward to taking care of members of another death cult. Uh, <laughs> another one. Yeah. This these guys loves death cults. These guys are much cooler, though. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Dralix maybe uh, when we get done with this book. But uh, as you can see, there's a there's a large population of them here. Maybe. Maybe you'll, you'll become best friends with some before the adventures ends. Maybe you this know, one that you knocked out. You know, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> In this uh, game, we we met both a witch weird and a Draylic. I have a boon f- in SFS that has both of those races. Huh. Oh, are you leaning one way or the other on which one's cooler? I don't know. Draylic kind of look like broccoli. They, they <laughs> do yep. not like that uh, to be called that. <laughs> specifically. I wouldn't say it to their face, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, that makes it better. <laughs> Which weird could look like broccoli underneath the the, the clothing? Yeah, you don't who know. knows what they look like? <laughs> they yeah, like cauliflower. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, look at these look at these beautiful devils. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we will continue the adventure of Book Two of Against the Aeon Throne next time. Uh, but until then, uh, signing off. See you next week, Critter Manders. See you next week. See you next week. Bye bye. Don't forget to don't forget to eat your pickles. Pickles. I didn't make it weird. Oh.